Is there comparisons to what's happening with this club as the same thing that World Rugby got involved with the Fiji side? Yeah. You see how well they did in the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, that's our hopes, right? Absolutely. Yep. So I think that's, um, you know, thank our Fijian friends um, that, you know, them stepping into the Jura probably pro proof of concept with their Rugby World Cup um, performances. So I think there was an appetite to with the opportunity that MLR presented us to see how we could leverage the same opportunity in the US. And I think, you know, that that's their openness to work out how to bring a nation up um, really helped us out. Yeah, the Jura model into Super Rugby is, is you know, absolutely, we saw the proof in the pudding. Um, so now this is sort of our Jura of how can we create the anthem to sort of do the same thing. Welcome to U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Interviews with the biggest names in American rugby. The New England Free Jacks, Major League Rugby Champions. One-on-one to score. Here are your hosts, Bill Baker and that other guy. Hey, other guy. <laughs> Me. <laughs> I'm liking that, man. That's that's. I, I, we should have shirts just says other guy. The other guy. Rub your morning. There's no John Fitzpatrick anymore. Just other guy. Other guy. You have to say it like that too. Yeah, <laughs> it can't be other guy. It's other guy. Are you, you making fun of my uh, voice, Bill? You said I don't have a deep voice. Anyway, so next thing, uh, let's. <laughs> no, I got mine's a little deeper just because I'm clogged up a little bit, and maybe I got a cold. I don't know. It's okay. I can't get you guys sick, so this is good. <laughs> so listen, uh, good show today. Like I said, uh, during our pre-show um, research and discussion, we decided not to bore our listeners today with uh, us two talking about the weather <laughs> and our voices a little as much. So we're going to dig right into it, Fitzy. I think the first thing we need to do is, jeez, you hear my voice? <laughs> it's, gone. It's, it's like the Brady's. The old, I don't know if any of you remember the Brady's, but the old Brady show. Was, was it... Um, Anyway, I forget it. You're dating <laughs> I'm yourself, myself. There, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Tom Brady? Right. Yeah, no, not Tom Brady. <laughs> All right, before we get into it, um, listeners, please like, subscribe, or follow this show, uh, and copy the link and, and show with your friends. You know, send a link to the to your friends, even your enemies. It's okay. We <laughs> want everyone to watch. Also, reviews really help the show grow. Any five-star review, we'll read it. Lead it uh, we'll read it. We'll read it live on the next show. Uh, be nice. That's all I ask. Allow us or follow us on social media and visit EaglesOverseas.com and Rugby Morning for more. All right, let's do it. Our guest uh, is actually the second Australian we've had on the show <laughs> over the past couple of weeks. Next week we'll start our string of Japanese guests uh, when we get to that. So let's all welcome. U.S. Rugby General Manager of High Performance, Tamara Shepard. Hello. Hi. How are Thanks you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, where are you dialing in from? You out in Colorado? I'm in Charlotte this week. Oh, so, Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's probably where you're going to be for a while, huh? Yeah, we'll spend a bit of time down here. What's going on down there, huh? Yeah, the anthem. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully some warmer weather. I know it's not hot, but it's nice. Yeah, it's been great. So, um, I mean, we've got the anthem started training this week. So there's 28 players in, um, and it's just yeah, good to see this this short runway we had to get this up to see the players on the field, the co you know, the coaches out there, and yeah, it's it's real now. We're, it's we're real. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's no turning back now, right? <laughs> 
All right. So, uh, Tamara, let's get into it. Um, let's 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 look at your background a bit. You know, I was doing our research. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, swimming, rugby, netball. Uh, I'm going to ask you later what netball is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, uh, congrats on your gig with U.S. Rugby, USA Rugby. Um, you did spend a few years overseas in high performance uh, positions like Swimming Australia. Um, spent a little time with Queensland Rugby uh, years ago. You know, what made you want to come to the U.S. and take on this role with uh, USA Rugby? Um, I think it was the opportunity, the opportunity to uh, to live overseas, but also to um, take something, take something and grow it into a home games. Like I've seen the power of what Sydney Olympics did, you know, to my passion for sport. Like, you know, so the opportunity to take rugby, the ultimate team game, um, and take it and you know see a team that can perform when it matters, you know, to inspire a community to come with us. So we've got the LA Games for the Sevens program and then we've got Home World Cups, like, you know, the opportunity to take the four national programs and and really drive um, drive that performance mindset and that performance approach. Um, yeah, it was a bit like, if not, why not? Um, why not now? So, yeah, it was sort of – and to come back to rugby, I've you know spent time, like you said, netball, which I can explain what that is later, basketball <laughs> and swimming. Um, and swimming has been great for the last six, seven years, but the chance to come back to team sports is, yeah, probably always been my passion. So it was the right time, right place, and, yeah, um, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> so GM of high performance, how long have you – when did you officially start in the role? And tell us how's it going so far. Yeah, so I started in December um, and obviously my husband and I moved across to Denver. So coming from the Australian summer into the US winter in Denver was a little shock to us. Um, But yeah, we sort of settled in well, but I've had a chance to spend some time in Chula with the Sevens program and now I'm out in Charlotte. Um, So yeah, it's a real priority just been getting to know the people, but what's really grab me is just the passion and drive um, and the talent we have in the community to sort of pull this up together so I can yeah I can see um, it, it's a complex it's a big country um, but you know the the will in the way is there we just have to connect the dots to you know deliver on the day absolutely and excited to, to dive into that a little bit mm-hmm. speaking a little bit more about yourself you're one of the few women in world rugby in a role similar to yep. yours G- gm of high performance is that and is that something that drives you um i've always been about the job and the performance so i was i was the first female high performance director for australian swimming um so there i think i'm I'm obsessed with the process to deliver performance. I probably don't see my gender as that. I'm, yeah, I'm driven to do, like, that. that's what gets me up in the morning. That's why I go to work. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, I acknowledge that I probably am the first in a way, but it's, um, I'm, I'm confident I'm here because I'm good at what I do. And, yeah, it's, it's yeah, I probably don't think about it much, to be honest. Yeah, so, sure. yeah, I'm happy. You know, there is that saying, you can't be what you can't see. So I think if I'm setting the way forward that, you know, this is there's more women in high-performance leadership, I'm happy to play my part in any way I can. Yeah. Yeah, taking a look at your, your job responsibilities, it's probably a big, long list, right? It's like, where do you begin? But uh, I guess talk a little bit about what is your role in say improving like the structure of the game here in the u.s across all the four teams that you mentioned right men's and eagles 15s and then the sevens programs yeah so i think 
my job's about giving a platform for our coaches to succeed. Um, so some days it's removing barriers, some days it's supporting, um, other days, you know, it, it's, it can be hands-on, it's about culture, behaviour of the team, but ultimately the goal is with the four head coaches to create a really clear high-performance plan and vision um, and start to define what is the Eagles' way. Um, what is the Eagles' way of how, you know, what you should see when a, when a national team takes the field um, and what we and then how do we transition that through the pathway. So that's the um, – so the day-to-day, yeah, supporting the coaches, but ultimately, like I always um, – people will hear me say, it's 70% of my job is the here and now um, and 30% is making sure that, you know, the strategy and the future of the game and where high performance sits is, is kept an eye on. You know, before we um, actually let's let's jump into why you're in Charlotte right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Anthem Rugby Carolina. Um, before we get into the specifics, like uh, um, I know you mentioned players already. I know we, we probably can't talk too much about individual players, but before we try to get you to talk more about that, <laughs> uh, you know, let's talk about how the team came about. You know, yeah. who was it? You know, who was the brainchild behind it? USA Rugby, World Rugby, MLR, you, uh, you know, who brought this up? Why? And also, what's the purpose of the club? Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, there was always a long term vision. Well, not long term. I think the goal was for us to play or get some structured games in the MLR, you know, 2025 beyond as we go ahead into qualification. Um, it was really clear in Scott Lawrence's sort of vision and that integrated pathway that he drives that we had to find meaningful games for this group of players to give us a foundation for the Home World Cup. Um, and then my understanding is when a couple of MLR teams pulled out, there was an opportunity. Um, but I think the it was driven equally between US rugby, um, world rugby and MLR collectively to find this solution to sort of accelerate the timeline to have a team this year in MLR. And to be honest, when I landed and we started talking about it, I was like six weeks, um, (laughs) two weeks to do something. Um, And here we are in Charlotte. So um, it's been, you know, a phenomenal amount of work with Jonathan Atkinson, Scott Lawrence, you know, Brendan Sparks, like everyone in the high performance team who's had a role in MLR before, like Oscar, Darren Coleman, like we've got some great people, we've got some great experience that collectively pitched in to bring this to life. Um, and yeah, here is the anthem. So it's sort of gone from the boardrooms down to practically delivering it now um, from there. But it's, you know, it, the opportunity is huge um, to have a group of American athletes play 16 games in a full-time training environment in Charlotte to develop them and their game and you know the the behaviors of being a high performance athlete is an absolute you know foundation and absolutely worth probably the long hours and you know the the sleepless nights of everyone collectively trying to get this up and running and I may be answering my own question here but from the outside from a fan's perspective right um it seemed like the the deal to bring this team together happened so quickly um, and surprised fans, right? And again, yeah. you had nothing to do with the two clubs and MLR uh, yeah, having yeah. to leave the league, but um, six weeks, is that, that's how long it took to really just like, okay, let's do this. And now here's the club. So, yeah, and I think um, from what I understand, there just, there was no, no one said no. And I think the MLR was really passionate about collaborating and working with us and world rugby moved quite quickly to be part of the solution so i you know i think it's one of those stars and moons the tides aligned um and this was able to be 
you know, pulled off. I'm sure um, the people who've been in the daily meetings and, you know, trying to make this work. I mean, we've got a long way to go. We've just got to get this team into a stadium, sell tickets, you know, get a game up and running. But it's still like, yeah, it's been impressive to see the will and the collaboration of World Rugby and MLR. And I think it shows USA Rugby's relationship with the MLR that's, you know, evolving. Um, and how can we continue to sort of grow that? Yeah, and I guess, you know, speaking a little bit about those relationships, right, because it's it's a very interesting mix of this, right? MLR, USA Rugby, World Rugby. Does it, uh, does it, in your role, do you feel like there's some complexities in the governance structures for USA Rugby and kind of how everyone plays nicely together, right, to, yeah. to, to put this together? And I guess in your role, how does that, what what's the impact for you, um, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. At the moment, I think we've been given the space to set up an environment for athletes to perform, coaches to coach. Um, you know, it's not impeding on what's going on in the performance environment. That's really important. Um, and I'll probably give credit to MLR, USA Rugby and, you know, World Rugby that they've given us that opportunity to create that environment and those resources. Um, I'm sure, you know, this is we're building a plane as we're flying it, which is you never sort of want to be that way, but it's this is where we're at and you know we've got so much ip within our staff on how to drive this from a performance part we've got great partnerships with uspc in charlotte um you know the, the resources and the environment here in charlotte is world class like it's um you know from what i've seen traveling around the world this is this is this is a great setup and so for the for so in my view my role um you know i can solve the performance the performance things, um, how many athletic trainings we have, how do we set that up, um, those structures. But I think we've been given, yeah, we've been we've been able to really create this in the way the vision of what we know works and translate some of the eagles' workings down too. So Scott Lawrence has had a big part to play in making sure it's structured that we're not creating something that's not aligned to the national program as well. Now you you touched on this a little bit earlier. Uh, but say off the field, you know, not coaching, whatever, you know, who, you know, who's responsible, who runs the team, you know, who, who owns the team? And, and is it maybe the thought that in a few years from now, you know, maybe maybe even after the World Cups and American soil, that there'll be maybe new operators? Or is that just like this is just a U.S. side that's in MLR? So who, who actually operates this team? Um, so it's a collaboration between MLR and World Rugby to run the team and USA Rugby you know, sits in that performance space. So whilst it's pretty clear, it's, we're still working it out, um, you know, how does – how do we day-to-day work on things because eventually you know we'll need to engage with the community sell tickets and performance and commercial have to meet um Mm -hmm. so yeah how we do that so it's still a work in progress um from now so our focus has been getting our coaches and athletes in getting them on the pitch um making sure they've got the best support around them um and then yeah it's a it's a day-to-day to to be honest it's a day-to-day as we work through those big questions and then speaking of the players in the field, you said there's a number of players training now, which is great. You got a little over a month, your first match. Uh, without talking about player names, you know, can you discuss the makeup of the side? I know there's been names online about some on loan, say one from the Free Jacks, whatever else. Yeah. Uh, but can you give us an idea, like the makeup of this team? Is is are all 28 USA eligible? Are they? Is there a certain age group involved? Can you tell us more about that? 
Yeah. So we've got 28 athletes here right now. Um, you know, the goals have probably eight internationals in the mix, but we've definitely, you know, Brandon and Scott have worked hard to target the right individuals. So the internationals that have come in to be that role model and part of that next generation's journey. So it's a very targeted approach around the internationals. Like we're not going to sign, you know, the best under 20s players the best under-20s player from Australia. Um, this is about getting the right internationals in to be with these players. So I don't probably have the age breakup. We haven't announced the roster yet, but, you know, it's exciting to see um, the younger players in here. And this, you know, part of this group, we hope, will be playing a Home World Cup one day. So, you know, definitely we've not put an age limit on it. We're not saying it's an under-25s team. We're looking for the right talent that needs this opportunity to, you know, ultimately be better Eagles. Wait, so are you saying that you possibly have a list of Australians who also qualify for USA no. in your back pocket? No, I do not. <laughs> I do not. I use that as an analogy. Okay. <laughs> I think Australia's got their own stuff to sort out. So, yes, no, yeah. I don't have a list of those players. <laughs> Bad example. Well. Yeah. <laughs> no, all good, all good. What what can you tell us so far about the coaching staff, how it's coming together? You, know, you may not be able to name names yeah. waiting on announcement, but are they coming from USA Rugby? Are they coming from other MLR clubs? Yeah, what can so you, I, yeah. again, um, that integrated pathway model, we've been able to use the Hawks um, to transition some of the Hawks coaching across to this team. So it's not, a, it's not a reset or a refresh. It's just a continuation of something we did last year. So you'll see probably a lot of the names and faces that we saw around the Hawks last year um, involved in the team. But that's still coming. We're still chasing visas and getting people yeah. in um, and doing that. So I think once we get in the position to name the team, we can announce the coaching staff as well. Yeah, and I guess part of that, right, the, the anthem is all about developing, you know, young American talent on the field. Yep. Could it also be a concept to develop domestic coaches and say high performance personnel, right? It's like, yep. hey, if we're gonna if we're gonna focus on the field, let's let's mm-hmm. talk about who's coaching the players yep. and how are we training them and preparing for them. Does that that's all that's all part up? of it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, if we can um you know, we wanna develop a, a program that ultimately helps US, you know, US rugby win when it matters the most, which for us is World Cups. For the Sevens program, it's the Olympics. But if we can do that, we can't only develop athletes, we'll develop coaches at the same time. Like coaches are real, cent- are absolutely central to this. So, you know, what you learn in coaching games week in, week out, um, more than you learn from a textbook. So, a practical, you know, learning environment that, you know, we have to re- turn around week in, week out is, is great for everyone's development in the group. And what about, uh, Jesus, there's my voice again. Um, looking at, I mean, like I said, you have a little over a month until your first match. Looking at, say, general manager, operations managers, et cetera, more off field uh, um, roles for the team. You know, um, how far away are, are you for that? Are you the GM of the team? You know, it, you know, where are you with that? So if I am the GM of the team, no one's told me, so I don't believe so. <laughs> um, probably have a discussion with you people. No, uh, that's all in train. So again, it's an MLR world rugby will make up, you know, predominantly the governance and how it runs and USA rugby sort of slots into that. But I think it's been about, you know, getting it up and running and, you know, rightly so, the focus on getting the players signed, the coaches in. Um, and I think sort of that, that's the next phase that's coming through. So I'm, yeah, I'm I'm eager to work out how we performance continues to integrate and work within it. Um, but I'm sort of confident the way things have moved and the engagement we've had, um, where we'll sit with it. 
but no, I'm not the GM of this franchise. <laughs> All right, write that down. Breaking news, not GM. Right. Okay. So team's established or the team is going. We're playing this season. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, is there a goal or a time frame for you, USA Rugby, um, to be able to uh, calculate a success rate of the team? Is there, you know, what would be success for this team? Is it a young kid coming through, making the senior side? Is it just developing young talent overall? You know, what would be the main goals for the side? Yeah, success? yeah there's, um, everyone loves to win, measure on win-loss, but I think mm-hmm. it's how we measure the process of how the team gets there. So, yes, it's the acceleration of talent. Um, to play for the Eagles. Um, it's the ability to be the best expansion team in the league, um, but it's also to measure uh, our progress across 16 games. Um, I was really fortunate um, my time in basketball that the women's basketball program was based on this sort of model that for mm. 20 or well, not 20 years, but for years the um, Australian Institute of Sport um, school-age program played in the professional women's league in Australia um, and that was a big part of their development so I know you know longer term you, you'll measure it in the season but longer term you will see you know these athletes come through to play and be impact players internationally and that's that's the pathway but it's the grounding and having that 16 games and that regular in and out season for their learning and development that you'll see that progress through so we hope you know, I hope to be having you know a beer somewhere watching the World Cup um, eventually and to say, yep, we saw those players or we were a big part. This was a, the anthem was a big part of their development, you know, to have that impact on that world stage. And that, that's the goal. That's why we're here yeah. doing this. You know, we were looking over the schedule and couldn't help but notice that uh, the anthem, their first match is against the reigning champs, the New England Free Jacks. Was that just luck of the draw or did the anthem <laughs> want to take on the champs right out of the gate? No, no, I think it's luck of the draw. Um, I mean, we've got to play them at some time. So, yeah, this is this is where we're at. We, we know, um, yeah, we're bitten off. Big, you know, big, it's a big opportunity, but it's a big challenge too. So I think everyone's aware of that. So we can't we can't hide from anyone in the draw. So off we go. Absolutely. <laughs> Wanted to, 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 to we've covered MLR and, and Anthem a little bit. I'm sure we've got more questions, but I did want to move on and talk about some of the other programs. Um, the let's start with the the women's Eagles 15s. Mm. We had the new head coach Sione on last week talking a little bit. I guess <clears throat> talk to us a little bit about. Um, you know what? What the performance pathway looks like for the women's the fifteens um, yep. over this next year? Yeah, so the women's fifteens will come together in a camp, and then they'll go to pack four, and then um, target W women's XV later in the year. We're working with World Rugby and the partners that we think it'll be into September, October. So, you know, a chance for us to have eight plus games this year if we can get them um, in there. But I think, you know, the women's program is such an opportunity for us to grow and develop the systems and structures um, that we're learning in here now and how do we translate them to the women's game. Um, But, you know, the priority right now is more time in training more quality time with Sione um, developing team cohesion, team culture, team standards, um, and starting to build that up to a World Cup 
Um, and then, you know, we've got to continue to work on that, you know, that strategy system structure piece. You know, how do we, you know, one day have, not one day, but how do we soon have a, a domestic league here that our players can stay home and play in? So, you know, the hope is once the anthem's up, what does that next phase look like? How do we how do we build the women into this too that to some way have a, even if we start with four teams, it's a start and we've got to continually push the progress to give them that opportunity too. Um, so it's, um, yeah, I sort of do, it's chicken and egg. Do you want more time together or more competition? Um, we have to be ambitious and say we want both and we have to build that for the women as well. Interesting. Yeah, and could that in potentially, you mentioned, you know, uh, professional domestic league, working with the WPL or a foundation upon the WPL or is that still in in the works? Um, I think, uh, to be honest, this will probably show, you know, a month, month, six weeks into the job. Um, we've got to talk about... You, know, you don't have it all figured out. It's working out what everyone's roles and responsibilities yeah. are and what the capability is. We don't want to compete um, and do this, but who's the best vehicle to give the best environment for these women to be professional athletes? So that's what we've got to work out. And then yeah, there's always going to be a role um, for, an, for a league to push in and push talent up. Like, you know, you don't just create a four-team league and poof, we're done. Um, there's going to be many places um, – many places I've probably learnt from watching, you know, other countries, other systems, multiple ways to enter a pathway and not have a pathway that's really narrow is really important. Um, you know, so everyone has a role to play and that that's part of that strategy and that long-term work. Like how do we have those conversations? Like where's how do we fit in with PR7s or PR7s ads? How does that league add? So that's, um, yeah, it's a small task, but um, we've got to sort of start having those conversations to have all the pieces move together so our athletes have every opportunity to enter, have a great experience um, and ultimately become eagles. Yeah. Uh, a couple more questions for you uh, tomorrow, but I want to step back for a second uh, talk, ask you about the anthem again. Is is there comparisons to what's happening with this club as the same thing that World Rugby got involved with the Fiji side? I think the Fiji Drew, I believe, is the name of the yeah. team. So is that – and that really worked out well for them. You see how well they did in the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, that's our hopes, right? Absolutely, yep. So I think that's, um, you know, thank our Fijian friends um, that, you know, them stepping into the Jura probably pro- proof of concept with their Rugby World Cup um, performances. So I think there was an appetite to – with the opportunity that MLR presented us to see how we could leverage the same opportunity in the US. And I think, you know, that that's their openness to work out how to bring a nation up um, really helped us out. So, yeah, the Jura, um, yeah, the Jura model into Super Rugby is, is yeah, absolutely. We saw the proof in the pudding. Um, so now this is sort of our Jura of how can we create the anthem to sort of do the same thing. All right, last two. Um, I got these kind of light questions for you. Um Maybe maybe this one's not as light, but um, I, I know you mentioned earlier just the thought of coaching. Getting back in the rugby was was important to you, as mm. with your, your early years with Queensland. But United States, you know, um, yeah, again, ten years ago I think it was when you were with Queensland, right around then. Yeah, you know, U.S. barely on the scene as yeah. far as World Cups go, and of course we've had our down ups and downs. Uh, women's program's been doing great, um, but yeah, any thought you would ever be working in this this game in america <laughs> no so i sort of joke i've spent most of my career trying to beat the u.s in basketball yeah. and swimming um and i'm gonna i'm gonna 
tout my own horn that we did beat the US in swimming in Fukuoka six months ago. So to sort nice. of finish with that win was pretty sweet. Been chasing that my whole <laughs> career. So to now wear the US gear, it's an adjustment. Um, but no, it's uh, to be honest, when I worked at Queensland Rugby, um, sevens wasn't really a thing. It was something you did in the off season. Um, women's rugby was there but not really so you know to come back into the game and see you see the growth um and the profile that sevens has as part of the olympics um what women's 15 is able to do and where it's going on this you know this um momentum around women's sport it's just an exciting it's exciting to be in a program that has four great teams um to see where they can go um because when i was at queensland rugby it was all about the reds it, and it, rightly so at the time um you know club rugby was playing sevens and had a women's league um, that I will admit I played in for about seven games and I counted down every minute till it was over. <laughs> um, it, wasn't, it wasn't for me, but I love the social side of it, if I'm honest. <laughs> the social side was great. Um, so, yeah, it's just I think, you know, the game's come so far and I think the adjustment that, you know, I, I mean, I didn't realise probably when I was at Queensland Rugby that US, rug, US Rugby existed. So, um, but, yeah, it's got a huge profile. Like the program at Chula Vista is world class, what they do there, like the training environment, what we're trying to do here in Charlotte with USPC. Um, yeah, this, there's so much enthusiasm and goodwill to see us sort of grow. We've just got to take all of it and push it in the right direction. <laughs> That's great. <clears throat> I've got four rapid fire questions okay oh have a, right. have a little fun with this okay oh, vacation for me. no not for you no. <laughs> <laughs> vacation spot beach or mountains uh mountains mountains okay um baseball or cricket cricket okay basketball or netball basketball oh. <laughs> michael, michael phelps or ian thorpe Ooh. oh yeah if your Wi-Fi kicks out now, that we would understand. <laughs> you know what, I'm going to say Michael Phelps. He's the goat. I don't know how, and having you know been immersed and lived in that swimming world, how he did that. Um, how he won multiple events, you know, semi heat, semi final, plus the drug testing that the yeah. swimmers go through, and that's you know part of the job. But it's a phenomenal schedule. Like, yeah, I'm going to have to say Michael Phelps. Like Ian Thorpe is a hero in Australia, and you know, phenomenal talent. But Michael Phelps is the goat. That is something else. What he did. So I have uh, two good friends of mine have their daughters. Each have a daughter. One swims for Georgia. The other one swims for I think Alabama. Yeah. And as far as collegiate swimming goes, it's hard to do better than those two programs. So, yeah. and these two families, um, I just want to share the story with you. They don't know each other. Mm. I just work in different realms and now their kids have competed against each other and at that yeah. multiple level. So yeah. And, and that's a whole other world that you're going to be getting into as well as like collegiate rugby and everything else. I'm, I'm sure you're like, Okay, I'll figure this out one day. <laughs> I think um, I had a lot of experience with colleges with basketball because, you know, a lot of um, the men, it was a really well-supported pathway for Australian men to go in, you know, Patty Mills, you know, Matthew Delladova, like we saw um, all the, you know, Ben Simmons when he plays um, came through those pathways. But for the women, it was, it was a little bit different, but we did support like they were over 300 Australian girls playing college basketball. So, um, got you know, when we come over to see the WNBA and visit our players, like got a real 
interesting insight into college basketball and still I've got a lot of friends who coach in college basketball, coach in the NBA, so sort of always sort of am aware of it, but I think working out where rugby sits in it is, you know, the next sort of challenge. But I'm excited to see how college can help pull us up as well. Like, as I said, you don't want a pathway that's so narrow that you're cut off. So college is, you know, a huge opportunity for us as well. Absolutely. Uh, you know what? That's all I got for you tomorrow. What do you think, Fitzy? You, you good? Uh, that's great, man. Yeah, we learned a lot yeah. today. Yeah. Nothing right. else. You have a story about your kids who swim? Okay, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do swim lessons on Friday night, Bill. I'm trying. <laughs> kids are, you know, that's, the tall. that's the pathway. Yep. <laughs> that's it. Uh, Tamara Shepard, uh, thank you so much for giving us your, you know, your, your, your obviously busy time down in Charlotte. Uh, we're pulling for this team. I'd love to see what this team can do. Yep. Thank you. And thanks for having me. It was great. Absolutely. Thanks again. Bye. All right. That's uh, some great information there, Fitzy. It's, it's good to hear, uh, especially from uh, Tamara, who's got obviously got all the knowledge that we would want um, uh, from somebody. So uh, some, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about this team. I'm, I'm, I hope they do well. I hope they can compete this year in NFL, in NFL and <laughs> MLR. And, and I'm pumped to see, you know, these players progress to that next level. I mean, I'm amazed at, um, you know, how funny is it, you know, Tamar gets off the airplane, hey, welcome, now we need you to help start up a, a professional rugby team and put him in MLR in, in six weeks. So, yeah. you know, kudos, yeah. you know, the timeline, right, is probably from the outside again, from the fans' perspective, it seems like super short, and it was, but it, they've seemed to have pulled it off, right? The MLR and USA Rugby and World Rugby have got together, we've got the team. There's players, there's 28 of them training. The coaching staff's going to be announced soon. There's a logo, there's a name. Good, bad, indifferent. There's a 12th team in MLR. So I marvel that they were able to pull it off and excited for it, really. Yeah. And I really think that we're going to hear a lot, even this week or next week at the latest. It, it got to. I mean, like I said, it's a month until the first game. So it's it's you got to start hearing something. And, and I'm also glad that Scott Lawrence is not the head coach of the team, or won't be. Um, I, I just couldn't imagine how he would be able to get out and about and, uh, you know, and do his, his gig. All right. And with that, man, let's let's call it a day. Uh, this has been a great show. We, we you know, it was great to have uh, Tamara Shepard on. She's um, I'm trying to get the graphic here for us because we got to talk more. Uh, <laughs> again, great resource. And uh, we should talk to her again soon. Uh, for those of you listening in again, please like subscribe and follow this show and copy the link and share with a friend. Also, reviews really help the show grow any five-star review we'll read it live on the next show follow us on social media and visit eagles overseas and rugbymorning.com for more we will see you next week